Ready Check Radio. Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Relic Grind, Ready Check Radio's Final Fantasy XIV slash Square Enix podcast. We're going to talk Final Fantasy XIV. We're going to talk Square Enix. It'll be a podcast. That about puts it all together for you. We're doing it live, of course, over here on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you're watching on the website later or on YouTube, maybe listening on Spotify, head on over to readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O, like an MMO raid, E-O, uh, .com. Make sure you're following all the socials in the upper right. Bring your friends and come hang out for a live show so we can get your opinions in on the show because these guys here always have opinions and we know what theirs are most of the time. Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth, how are you, sir? Greetings, programs. I'm I'm doing okay, a little confused. I checked out your OnlyFans and what you do with that pineapple is a little bit disturbing. Hey, you subbed. You knew what you were getting into. There is You have this nobody is to blame but yourself. Somebody watched Snowbound this week. <laughs> Was it this week or was it last week? No, it was this week. Uh, it was. Uh... Oh, yeah, no, you're right. It was, you're right. It was last week because uh, <laughs> Indy was on and she wasn't on this week because she had her her job interview thing. So I pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention. <laughs> Apparently better than I do. Apparently better than I do. Also on the line, not an owner of an OnlyFans account, Mr. Adam Lane, a.k.a. Kronos. What's up, sir? I don't, I don't even need to know what y'all are talking about, to be honest. Better off being in the dark on that. Yeah, yes. probably. I, I agree. Probably. I mean, unless yeah, you have seventeen ninety nine a month and you want to have a really neat day, I mean, I, you could. Uh, you, could you could just stop. You could just stop now. You could join man. Mike Burns only fans. <laughs> Needs one word for it. Yeah, Needs seventeen ninety nine. That's that's steep, man. Hey, hey, you get what you pay for on OnlyFans, right, friend. Right. Let's just say he puts am... that uh, magic, those magic tricks to the test here. Okay. Let's, I am one hundred percent value on OnlyFans. <laughs> I'll just take your word for it. I got to buy one, get one coupon. So, like, if you got a friend that's interested, you can snag on a free membership there. But you got to. I'll pass. Yeah, you got to use code Mike's Pineapple. Mike's Pineapple. uh, To get that BOGO offer. My God, this show is just off the rails already. We haven't even started, and we're already on expensive tastes. Chat says, yeah, yeah, well, you give me what you pay for, and I offer value. Um, what do we got to talk about? All right, let's start with some Final Fantasy fourteen news. Did you gentlemen see that today the super amazing, awesome, unbeatable, full of information, interactivity, great graphics, and just overall probably an 11 out of 10 website, the 5.5 special live site or special site for uh, the next patch is live. Did you gentlemen see it? I did. I did. I did. All the adjectives I used absolutely apply. Sure, we'll go with that. It's got some words and images in there, or image. The, the artist. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna I say, wait, images. What do you? What site did you, you see? <laughs> did they update it you after? Know, you the, have a. No, yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's just one. Yeah, just, you just one. Really, gang, we're not even showing you the site on here because, yeah, you know, we'll cover it when when they actually do put the stuff on the site. It technically did go live today, reminding you that 5.5's release date is April 13th, and uh, there is literally a text list 
of what's in the patch. That's it. That's it. That's yep. it. The art is beautiful, though. Same thing, like main scenario quest, new alliance raid, new dungeon. Like all the stuff we talked about when 5.5 was revealed in the live letter. We went through that whole list. They copy-pasted that freaking list. That That is there. <laughs> that is there. New mounts, new minions. None okay. of us are really emote yeah, guys. Like, we don't gather. Like, no. Kronos, you, you collect the mounts. I do the minions. Tark, you do a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but you're not as cashed in on either column as, as the two of us. But none of us really does the emotes, huh? I have them. I, I have pretty... I think I have all the ones that don't cost money just because, like, they kind of are in this like just like i have some minions like i don't have a, there's like way more minions than emotes yeah, but oh, uh oh yeah a lot, a lot of the emotes tend to come from like places i'm already doing the mouse stuff for and so i did like you yeah. know eureka or like bosja <laughs> astro and chat like saying she had to go look at the site again because she thought she missed something i thought i no. did too i'm not gonna lie like i clicked on it and i was like oh they must be doing it differently there's these little links at the top let me just i'll click on news and information and maybe like the the tabs will show up no that just took me back to the freaking loadstone <laughs> like oh okay yeah I'm, su I'm surprised it's just like a list of it's just like te raw text so yeah well there was I, more images in the live letter yeah and when know. you go to the five four one like they put it wasn't a lot of information right but it was those little panels they would have like one or two mm -hmm uh key art pieces and then they added more as the patch got closer and maybe like three sentences about that piece of content this is literally they copy pasted the list of features put it on the site so it's Our live. show notes have more information than that yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have spent more time talking about what is on there than is actually on there so <laughs> moving on moving on uh but with that reminder there's <laughs> another reminder here tark we are closing yeah, in on the beta for PS5 access. Kronos and I play on PC. I only do casual stuff on the consoles. You are primarily the console player here. Are you excited? Will you be in the beta? Can you wait? Are you going to be playing in 4K or are you going to go performance mode? What are you mm. feel? What are you feeling? I didn't think about the performance for mode versus 4K. I, I do have everything I need for 4K, but I feel like a I want to go performance mode. I am excited about it. The ability not to have to load my disc every single time if I want to play a different game. Amazing. Just amazing. Uh, the load times just from the backwards compatibility uh, for PS4 to PS5 is an upgrade. But the fact that we're going to have our own client, oh, load in in like five seconds. That'd be amazing. Give it to me. Yoshi P pretty excited about it too, Kronos. He uh, told the official PlayStation Magazine in the April issue that really as an MMO developer, the two big things that really appeal from this hardware is first of all, the memory size. There's a huge increase in the memory size. There's also much faster loading speeds. I think there are also things that players can really imagine would make an impact on the gameplay difference uh, experience. But then he went on to say that very simply put, he always felt like Final Fantasy XIV was needed to be, not just was, but needed to be a great console MMO, kind of hearkening back to the idea of Final Fantasy has always generally been a console game from the beginning. And so although MMOs might tend to be a little daunting for the inexperienced, let's say, to get into a more demanding uh, genre of gaming as far as sucking up your time and your knowledge and your willingness to research and learn things 
it's important to Yoshi P and the team that this be successful and easy to play on the consoles. That's why they put so much time into making sure that uh, the PS5 can deliver exactly what they want to deliver, both on that ease of access and it just being generally a great console game. Yeah, I mean, I think they've already succeeded on that, right? Like, just how playable the game is on on a pad. Like, yeah. I don't play on pad. I, I, I couldn't do it. Like, I, I look at, like, the cross hot bars and they make me want to throw up. But, like, <laughs> the fact that, like, I had, well, so, but I have friends that are very, very good at the game that play on pad, no problem. So, like, it's obviously not, like, a peripheral thing. Like, they do a really good job of balancing the game around that and making sure that it's playable for the people on console and, and like the people on console have just as can be just as good as the people on mouse keyboard. Like it's not really, you know. And honestly, now with the PS5, there's probably their game's probably gonna look nicer than mine on my computer. Mm. At yeah. Point, so. And again, I mean, you do have the option on the PS5, Tark, of going either in performance mode and cutting yourself back to you know like a 1080 view, 30 frames per second, sacrificing a little of the visuals for the performance, or going hog wild 4K, you know, super ultra textures and everything. Uh, from the PlayStation 5, but maybe uh, slacking a little bit on the performance uh, in that case. I could probably see, like, if I had to guess, Tark, you would probably be a, when you're sitting around doing random dungeon cues, daily quests, stuff like that, crack that bad boy out there and make it 4K. When it's time to raid, put that, ba that bad boy in performance mode, right? Read my mind. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. It's Ray night. Time to switch over to to frames for a second. Oh, we're done with Ray. Back to 4K. Make it look pretty, pretty. Yeah, but that that's that that then leads to like every time you go and raid, you're like, this game looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this game looks horrible. <laughs> I have to put it down in 1080. Oh, God. It looks fine as it is now. God, the 1080. I think the only thing I care about, I, I mean, I will load it on my PlayStation 5. I own all the software so that I can play it on the PC or on the PS5 and all the, or PS4 and all the expansions. So I'll move it to PS5. I will dabble in the 4, you know, I'll only play in 4K because I never do anything that isn't casual, you know, on the console. Sure. Um, anything that I'm doing that I need serious, you know, attention or whatever like a raid is I'm, I'm on pc but uh so i'll probably always have it on 4k but yeah that's gonna be you know when you come back the loading times are the biggest thing oh god yeah. yeah i mean it's great that the 4k is there but i think the loading time chronos is what's what's the best just like those of us that moved at some point final fantasy 14 from a uh, hard disk to an ssd i mean that was just like you're like oh my god this is so much better this is so much. Yeah, mine's better. been on the SSD. Yeah, mine's been on the SSD forever, and yeah. I never played on console. So I'm like a one of my friends that's in my radio group. He started on PS3, so I can only imagine how terrible that was. Back uh, oh, I'll tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, I've gone through that whole progression. Okay, PS3, back in the day, loading in a Mordona. Oh my God, minute and a half loading time. Okay, PS4 came out, cut it down to like 45 seconds. Better, but still. Bleh. Yeah. And now that I'm on PS5, even still backwards compatible, I mean, you log into Yulmar, it takes about five to ten seconds. I'm hoping this cuts it, like, down that in half. Tell Discord to behave on your microphone. You're roboting a little bit here and there. Stupid oh, Discord. No. Smack it in the face real quick. Um, what else have we got in Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV? Oh, the Moogle Treasure Trove is back. Uh, Yay! 
started this week. I mean, we knew it was coming and we mentioned mm-hmm. it on a previous show, but as a reminder, the treasure trove is back. Not a lot to say, but uh I mean it's back. You got some you got some new Whoops, that is totally the wrong button. There we go. Um we got some new mounts and minions and uh, earrings. You want <laughs> you want your earrings? Look at that T-Rex mount. Look at that T-Rex mount. I got it already. Can't add a mount I don't have, so I don't really pay attention. And I don't really glamour. Uh, they, it's always like a um, accessory. I don't really glamour my accessories, so I don't really care. Yeah. Do you, yeah, yeah. Do you guys glamour at all? Like, I could not. I don't glamour I do. in fourteen. I don't transmog in WoW. Like, I just don't care. I like wearing wow, whatever the like current set like, where you is. Go? I whatever the current oh, set okay, is. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, what if it's like not your bis? Like what? So what if what if like you're raiding and you have like a raid piece and a, and a tombstone piece? Well, then then I swap them and then come back out when I when and put the set on when I come back out. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go into raiding <laughs> and be like tough. Do you have your bis? Yeah, I do. Well, well put it on. Nope, it doesn't match. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. Do well, that. I, I didn't know like I, I didn't know like if you glamored if you still glamored to the the full set or yeah, if you like no. just left it kind of. Nope. Looking like a hobo, we just have like mismatched stuff. Yeah, I mean, no, I go. I, I definitely is, once, once you get there, uh, like yeah, it's I do look like a hobo when I'm picking up the pieces initially because I got, got like two, right? But then when you have right. more than you don't have, and you're just subbing one piece here and there, you you generally don't look too bad. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've never been glamour, a glamour, glamour guy. The truth. It's the true in-game, Mike. Okay, you're just yeah, not. All, I mean, all my Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2, man. That's Fashion Wars 2 is what that is. <laughs> Talk I, to Jason Winter. That's well, all that happens 14, at the end of that game. 14 is definitely Fashion Wars, 100%. Dude. Oh, I, yeah. I it literally is. did a, it. Is. I do an ultimate fight for like 50 to 60 hours to get a weapon that <laughs> I just glamour. Ninja like, in chat says you, know, you only glamour yeah. the weapon. Sleepy Raindog just dropping gift subs all over the place. Here, I, I can't do the cheering during Namaste. the show, Sleepy, but it is appreciated. So I'll fire the disco lights off behind me, and we'll give you the cheers after the show. we got to make sure I, I get that in there, Sleepy Rain, passing out the subs. You could have gotten one if you were here live, but you're watching on YouTube or readycheckradio.com or Spotify, and we appreciate that. But come on over and hang out live every once in a while. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. Um. Oh, some fan fest details. So the art uh, submission period is over. That's done. If you wanted to submit fan art, you're too late. But what you could do is the Glamoured for Life event has now started. So if you want to get some pictures of you in cosplay, you have um till April 16th to go ahead and get those in. Now, I do like one of the things they say here, like, because generally these turns like turn into the the huge cosplayers that have, you know, thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours and time invested in all this stuff. Here's here's their description of the theme, Kronos. I kind of love this. Showcase your appreciation for your favorite character, be it an NPC monster, your own warrior of light, or et cetera, by dressing up as them however you'd like. Whether you choose to wear an intricate outfit designed to completely mimic them or simply create an outfit theme to showcase your love for a certain character, the choice is up to you. So it is not billed as a full-blown just costume contest. This is show some appreciation for your character. Like, 
I've sat in stream and wore my white mage hoodie. Yeah. You know, you guys have seen me wear that. I can't wear it right now. It's hot as balls. That thing's 100% fleece. Sweat my, <laughs> sweat my, you know what's off. And then what would I do with my OnlyFans page? I mean, that's a day out of commission. <laughs> I gotta get some peaches. Yeah. God. You said you were doing high end content. You gotta make the sacrifice high to get our 17.99 a month. I yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You know, art is painful sometimes. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I no, but I do like, I do appreciate that they, they call that out. Like it doesn't have to be full blown cosplay. If you want to get your submissions, either of you going to, going to submit for this? No, 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 that's not my thing. I, I mean, Kronos, you're wearing that Eagle shirt. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a tear gear at some point. Wasn't it? <laughs> like, I, I can go get my Carson Wentz jersey if you, know, <laughs> you want to feel really outdated. <laughs> well, you could pick a particular class if you wanted to do this. So I figured what we would do briefly here, we do have Endwalker coming soon. 5.5 in just a, a month here, and then Endwalker in just a few more months here. Um, the beginning of an expansion can always be a little tricky with the classes, because normally mm -hmm. that comes with a revamp, right? Or a... a Exiling of some abilities in favor of some new abilities, condensing some abilities. Oh, and then by the way, you usually have, you know, some new classes being thrown into the mix. And of course, we already know that Sage is going to be one of them. And then we're going to get a melee DPS as the second. We just don't know what it is, but knowing its role is enough for this discussion. So I'm going to talk to you gentlemen about your thoughts on overall class balance. Because as we go into expansions, we always see the, I've never played, I'm going to come play. What should I play? And we've talked before on previous episodes about what might be the best fit for newer players as far as getting rotations and stuff down quickly and being able to, to perform there. But now let's say a step further. The MMO-experienced veteran coming into Final Fantasy XIV and wanting that balanced experience, not wanting to feel like they're lagging behind in DPS or in heals or things like that. What are your thoughts as we head into Endwalker, Kronos, on just the overall balance of the game and for, of the classes? And we should put a qualifier on this, right? We don't give a fuck about PvP. So... What? <laughs> none of us Man, on I this, this show... I had all this written out. <laughs> none of us on this show care about the PvP portion at all. So if you want information on PvP balance... I'm sure somebody else will have it on better YouTube uh, than us on YouTube. There. Maybe. But from a PvE experience, and again, I know that that kind of focuses the discussion more towards raiding, right? Because the single-player content, you really don't have to worry about balance. You know, your personal duties, you don't have to really worry about balance. Four-man dungeons are a joke in this game right now as far as difficulty goes. But when you do start getting into the normal eight-person raids, the normal 24-person raids, and then on into Savage and Ultimate and, and Unreal and all that stuff. That's kind of where this discussion is going to mainly, I, I would imagine, land. What are your general thoughts on overall balance uh, right now, Kronos, heading into 5.5? Five five? Um, overall, I think they've done a great job, honestly. like, um, I mean, and they've done a great job for a while. No, no job's really getting laughed out of raid or anything. There are obviously jobs that perform better. And jobs that are technically better by small margins than other jobs. But for the most part, I think they have like pretty strict goals on like what they want jobs to do and like inside their kind of their own role. 
and they do a good job of kind of balancing in, in that role. I mean, there are some exceptions that I'll probably kind of go into more as yeah, we get we'll, we'll more get into, into like role. We'll, we'll, divi- but, we'll divvy yeah, it up by role. Right. Yeah. Right. But overall, I'd say they do a great job balancing them. Parker, are jobs. you on the same page, at least on the overall look of balance? Yeah, I, I think that content can be done by pretty much any combination. So they've struck that balance for the game itself. Uh, I feel pretty well. I'm, I'm on board with Kronos. There are a couple jobs here and there that could use some love, um, most notably in the uh, physical ranged. Uh, but I feel overall it's it's they do a great job. See, I'm one of those people, and I've I said this on the show when we talked about this before, that I don't feel an MMO, all of an, an MMO's classes generally need to be balanced. Again, setting aside PvP in that game, because then, yes, you do have to make sure that there's a certain element of balance there. But when it comes to PvE, like, I, I'm not somebody that minds if, hey, you know what? I, I, fuck, I play a Black Mage. This, this last set of Eden was horrible for me. <laughs> it was just horrible. It doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy the content. doesn't mean that I didn't like the fights or anything. But my DPS suffered in these last four because they were so movement intensive at certain points. And there were certain points that, uh, yes, I could mitigate that a little bit by knowing the fight a little better, but there were sequences that were just not mitigatable, if that's even a word, right? You just kind of got to grin and bear it. So my DPS suffered a little bit. Sure, that happens, but I'm okay with that. Like, I don't feel like everybody has to be on par. But that said... I do feel like when you feel like a class is severely lacking, there's a problem. And that's why I want to take this by categories now. Because I feel like the one we're going to start with first has probably had the hardest time throughout the history of the game in getting this right. There has always been, in this first category, a preferred class at some point or another. It might have changed, right? Might have gone from one to another. Might have gone back. But I think healers have probably had the roughest time with the balancing of classes. Hopefully Sage and the divvying between two different styles of healer now will help that. But you are both primarily healers, so I can't wait to get your take on this as somebody who just casually heals. Kronos... Has it been the way I portray, uh, per- perceive it to be, where it's there has pretty much always been one better healer than the others at some at every single point, and will it get better? No. What can they do uh, in in Endwalker? Yeah, I, I would say that you're pretty much right, um, but it, it's not so much to the point that like the other healers are just so bad that you don't you can't play them, I guess. But but there's there's all like right now it's definitely Astrologian. Astrologian like is king right now. It's it's crazy what they can do. Um, they almost have too many tools, I think, to be able to just kind of carry the raid if if you if you raid with like a very experienced one. Um, like I switched to that this tier for the first time, and it was overwhelming at first. But like once you get it down, you realize that you're you can just do most of the work, and your other healer hardly has to do anything. We should note that you you primary white mage. I yeah, I was primary white mage the first two tiers. Uh, of this cycle and then the last tier I was primary astro um, so so I've done and, and I've played scholar before in previous tiers as well so I've actually raided on every healer that exists currently in the game uh, for a while like you alluded to like scholar was kind of king for a very long time like 
the original game up through like Heaven's Word. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. even Scholar. It was just the damn pet. The Scholar themselves didn't even need to come in most cases. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and things that existed back then don't exist now. Like Accuracy, like Scholar just like scoffed at that. They didn't care. Like their dot yeah. didn't do damage, so it never missed. And then your pet, yeah, like you said, your pet would carry a lot of the healing back then, and they've kind of nerfed and mitigated that. And Scholars suffered a bit for that, to be honest. Uh, the balance here, though, like currently right now, I think is, is is okay. Other than the fact that maybe Astro is like just a bit too strong. I, I kind of like the identity that kind of each healer has, maybe with the exception of Scholar. I think Scholar has a bit of an issue right now that they kind of need a little bit of help. But I think when they divide these the healers up, I think Scholar is going to get some love. I think White Mage is at a very good design place right now. They just need some things that maybe will like kind of help their kid a little bit. But I kind of like that they're just like this like damage healer like they just do a, a crap ton of damage right um astro like is the the buff healer right now so it's kind of going to be interesting to see where sage fits in but right now i think astro's buffs plus their healing kid is just a bit too strong honestly tark have you made the same healing class throughout this entire raid here yes i've been a scholar since heaven's ward so oh um, so yeah <laughs> a little more yeah. than just this raid here <laughs> <laughs> a little bit a little bit more than that uh, I, I'm kind of right there with Kronos. Um, Astro's pretty pretty broken, pretty OP. Scholars, I feel, need love. And that's where I think going in an Endwalker and separating pure healer versus barrier healer is going to do them some much-needed help because they're going to be differentiated from the other two. So they Square can balance the pure versus the barrier and then than the niche role between Sage and Scholar um, to get that right. So I'm looking forward to that. Of course, I'm going to be changing over to uh, Sage. So, so Sorry, what do Scholar. you need to see That's out you. of what would what do you need to see in and Walker as far as providing a little more balance for the healers? I don't know if it's just it's not enough damage on the Scholar's part, or if the shields just aren't strong enough i'm not i can't really put my finger on where a scholar is really lacking just i, I honestly a little underwhelming underwhelming yeah, i think they have, i think they have several issues honestly i think some are like just kind of some overall bugginess like they pets are still a problem yeah like oh uh, yeah unresponsiveness of pets like if you try to queue up two actions sometimes i don't know like how aware y'all are of, of this but if you try to queue up like two pet actions you can get the same action twice twice yeah i've had that really happen. bad feels really made... bad I've made the mistake of queuing up an action and then doing Seraph. I'm like, oops. Oh, yep. 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 Cancel action and then here's Seraph. I'm like, no. Um, so that still needs to be fixed. And that's not just a scholar problem. I mean, obviously, that's a, another class has a pet problem, too. Mm. Um, I, I I just really don't like Aether, the way Aetherflow is designed. I don't. Like, yeah, I, I, think the, I think the skills that they have are very cool. But when you when you sit a player down, right, especially like you were talking about, like the like top end raiders, and, and you just, trying to explain how this game works to them right like damage is king in this game that's just how it is in raids right it's like yeah. you mm -hmm. want to do the most damage yep. you can doesn't matter what your class is yep scholar what you're asking them to do is they're like hey you have this button aether flow and it gives you three stacks and you hear here's all these cool heal abilities right like you have soil and stuff that are really strong they're very strong healing tools yeah. but then you have this button energy drain and you're like but if you don't use this button you're losing damage and that's what you're telling the player and so, like the fact that that kind of exists, it really deters high-end scholars to like not even use those healing abilities that are actually really cool and really well designed. I feel like, and 
and that tier below will use them a lot more often. But once you get to like the high end, like scholars are just energy drain, energy drain, energy drain, dissipate, energy drain, you know, like they don't yeah. even care. And I, I don't like when that stuff starts to happen because then it starts to feel like you're sacrificing class identity for damage. Not just, yeah. hey, I'm going to use ability B over A, which, okay, there are some rotations where given the situation or as a, again, as a black mage, I'm going to move. So I'm going to fire this now instead of what I would normally do if I was standing still uh, in my rotation. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is when a healer basically says, you know what? Uh, it's not my primary function to heal. And so I'm not going to use these healing abilities right now. I'll make sure nobody dies. We won't let anybody die. But it's important, more important that I get more damage out. That's when I don't like uh, uh, certain certain features. And that's what makes Astro so strong right now, um, because they don't lose anything by healing. Their off globals are so potent. Mm -hmm. Like I don't ever have to stop dealing damage to significantly heal the party between yeah. like Earthly Star. You, you just have to calculate it, right? Kind of like how you have to plan around yeah. Black Mage, right? Especially like, the Black Mage is really strong when they plan out. Um, same with, like, Astro with Earthly Star. If you plan around Star, like, Star is absurdly broken skill, honestly, if, if you just plan around it. And, like, to your point, uh, last thing I'll say before uh, I'll let Tart go, uh, I, the, I like the way White Mage is balanced because, like, they get damage for healing. Like, the way that Lilies work mm -hmm. now is actually pretty cool because, like, they're using their healing skills to get their big damage spell, which I think is cool. So... Dark, you had a point there. I I concur. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, moving on. DPS. Uh, this one gets uh, probably a little more divisive, uh, depending on who you're talking to and what classes you main or anything. I'm primarily uh, ranged magical, whether that be in black mage or uh, red mage. Uh, I, dabble in all of them but those are my my primary mains and obviously we, we don't have time in the interest of time to go through all the dps classes but again the same type of topic uh tark we'll start with you like what do you what's your overall feeling of the balance of dps who's winning who's falling behind a little bit what improvements do you want to see made as we head into endwalker overall i think it's pretty decent uh samurai is just awesome um but my key point that needs a little bit of love is going to be in the physical range. I feel Dancer is in a good spot. They provide a lot do of utility. Really? Yeah, I do. And and they get huh. to see big numbers, so it feels good. But Bard just... Uh, Bard. I feel bad for Bard. Like, their songs don't affect them. Their battle voice doesn't affect them personally. It's like... And everything's kind of weak on their end. So I think they need some love. And Machinist, for not having any utility... They're just pure DPS from physical range. They just don't provide the raw numbers to to warrant bringing them, really. Sadly, Bard's glory days were 2.0. Like, <laughs> right when... Yeah. They were busted. They were busted. Yeah, they were so good. So good. <laughs> right when it yeah. launched. Right when it launched. I'm interested that you, you think Dancer's up there, because I think Dancer is one that tends to actually be lower on, on DPS charts. Um, uh, so that's personal, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so if you look at kind of how it gets calculated now, and, and, and that's the, the same is true about Astro, and that's kind of like, that's a little mm -hmm. bit of smoke and mirrors, right? Because you look yeah. at Astro and you're like, oh, that white mage is smoking them, right? 
but then you you look at the DPS actually and the DPS they're giving with their cards and and their divination and it's actually yep. it ends up beating the white mage. Yeah. Same kind of goes for dancer where if you're in a party where everybody's about the same skill level uh the the higher the skill of the party the more dancer shines. Um so they're going to always be the lowest but once you like kind of throw that in there where they're hitting their technical steps they're basically giving their samurai in most cases like a permanent buff and mm -hmm. and like you know it's, it's it gets pretty nutty um and so it, it's a bit deceiving because you're looking at your personal dps meter and they're low but they're actually doing a lot more for the party from a numbers perspective than they look like they're doing if you dig deeper chronos you got the same type of feeling samurai a bit op at the moment <laughs> Samurai is very, very strong. Uh, Black Mage also strong. Black, so I, I don't know if you're aware of this because I, I don't know much like look into like the deeper rotations and stuff. But Black Mage has a bit of an issue right now too, to be honest. Like they're hitting very high numbers, but the gear, the way the gear works in this tier is kind of weird because their yeah, weapon doesn't have spell speed on it. Uh, so they're actually, I don't know how aware you guys are of this, but high level Black Mages right now are not even using Fire One and Blizzard Four. Nope. Do you know how crazy that oh, is? Yeah, we That's skip them. Insane to me. Insane wow. to me. So, so they need to fix that, because <laughs> like I think yeah. when Black Mage plays the way it's designed, it's actually really cool and, yeah, and a I very agree. interesting class. And I think one of the better designed classes in the game. But when you're doing that to it, to because it's technically not doing as much damage, that feels a bit bad. I think. Um, but that's like a different thing because they're still performing well. That's just more of like uh, they probably need to fix that just for rotational sake because. I, I don't think you want to tell good like players that are coming into the game like, hey, just ignore those buttons. Yeah, just take them off your bar. <laughs> you know? That's not cool. But I do agree with Tark on uh, physical range because honestly, like the only reason we bring physical range to parties now at high level is because limit we break. get an extra percent. We get an extra. Yeah. We get the extra limit break and we get a percent buff to damage. Yep. If that didn't exist, if that didn't exist, we wouldn't bring yeah. them into parties. Probably not. So I don't, I don't. They gotta kind of strike that balance because if that's the only thing keeping them in the raid, I just it feels bad. So they're really because like the whole thing is right. They're sacrificing their DPS for movement because they have freedom to kind of go wherever they want. Um, but I just I don't know if that's gonna last long term because the fact that it kind of still feels bad that you're taking one just for that extra one percent damage buff across the party kind of sucks. I don't know what to do about that to be honest. Well, I, I, first off, I think it starts with Bard. <laughs> Still, I, yeah. I, I think it has to start there. Bard needs a yeah. a monk overhaul times two, uh, almost at, at this point. Um, and monk, I think, still as, as much as I thought the changes were going to be very, very good for monk, and they were. I still don't think they go far enough on monk side either, which leaves monk feeling a little behind the pack yeah. a, as well. Definitely an improvement. I feel yeah, yeah, definitely an improvement in the last uh, two or three patches here, particularly the, the more recent ones. But it does feel like a very 2.0 class. It feels like all the other classes evolved in each expansion, and Monk just kept yeah. doing what it was doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, that's where my, my balance check comes in on some of those classes that were very, very good in 2.0 and are still okay. They're still fun to play. They'll, they're still adequate performance if you're not talking about absolute top-tier difficulty raid content. Uh, you go into an eight-man normal, they're, they're perfectly fine. You're going to have a blast. You know, Go with your friends and, and have a good time. That's not what we're talking about. We're not, we're not saying don't play these, 
But when you get to that next level, that savage, that unreal, that ultimate, that's where, you know, these bard and, and monk, they're, they just, they're a step behind to the point where literally, yeah, you wouldn't bring them if they didn't give you the limit break increase and the, the 1% uh, buff across the board because it wouldn't be worth it. The trade-off isn't worth it. I think that's where it has to start with Bard and still a little bit of Monk. Uh, Machinist, I, uh, I think, could use a little bit of love as well. Not as much as Bard, but I do think Machinist... Machinist almost feels like if you were going to evolve Bard into something, but still have a bard and not add a new class, I feel like Machinist would be what a bard would be now uh, if it wasn't its own separate class. Um, forget the turret stuff. Like, obviously, the that class stuff doesn't... That's not what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Bard and monk, definitely. Bard and monk, definitely. I think they need the most love, for sure. Because I think casters overall are... Pro are in a kind of a, like, ever since the last uh, red mage buff, I think... They're kind of like in a good place. Yeah, I agree. Those three are, are, are pretty good. Uh, I agree. Only the only differences you start talking about with casters is who's good at what. Like right. when you start yeah. nitpicking, sure. hey, black mage, you're going to have to move. Your DPS is going to suffer. Red mage, this is your time. Jump in and get that extra DPS. And, you know, that's when you start comparing. None of the classes feel awful compared to the other one. They're just... Okay, you got to worry about positioning. You got to worry about movement. When those things happen, your DPS might fall a little bit, but you're going to get it up in this phase and this phase. Uh, so I, I agree that the I think the caster DPS is in a is in a nice place, Chronos. Yeah, the, the only thing is like summoner is a bit weird. They're very strong. Yeah, but strong. again, that comes down to the damn pets. But, I think more than anything. Yes, 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 and no. So the pets on responsiveness that needs to be fixed. Like that's bad. But a uh, summoner also gets punished like really hard for dying. And let's say that yeah. in the expansion, what they add is like let's say they add an Alexander phase. Right now, I've got four phases. Right of summoning. Right, I go. I have like my, my regular like little mini eggy. Then I got Bahamut. Then I got Phoenix. And then I got Alexander. What if I die during Bahamut? Now I got to start back over. What yeah. if I die right as Phoenix comes back up? So that kind of feels bad. So if they're going to add like that Alexander phase, they really need to think about how they can kind of intertwine them without kind of punishing the player so bad for for dying. Because I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you could say like, oh, get good scrub, don't die. <laughs> but like, I mean, you're, when you're progging a raid, you're going to die. You're going to die. So like, you don't want them to feel like crap every time. They're like, oh, well, I guess we'll pick the summoner off the floor and he'll start over again. Like, that kind of sucks. <laughs> Summoner's the new Dragoon. <laughs> uh, last up, tanks. Tanks, tanks, tanks. And again, we find ourselves in the same discussion a little bit as we were with healers in that, yeah, your role is to tank, but you need to do as much damage as you possibly can, too. You are not just you know, a meat yeah. shield keeping things busy, just like that white mage isn't responsible for just topping us off. DPS is an expectation here, where Final Fantasy XIV differs from most MMOs uh, out on the, the market uh, when you have tanks and healers that are expected to do uh, decent amounts of damage. So I think we got the same thing going on here. Kronos, we'll start with you again this time. Your thoughts on where the tank balance is at the moment. So I, I actually think this is the most balanced role across the board. Um, the biggest issue I think they have with this role right now is the fact that I think it's starting to bleed where a lot of tanks feel very similar with the exception of maybe Paladin. 
Um, I mean, Gunbreaker's got its own flair too. It's got its little burst windows and stuff. And I think Gunbreaker is, if I had to pick the strongest one, it'd be it. Um, Warrior and Dark Knight feel a bit of samey to me. I don't, I don't know if you guys play those a lot, but I mean, in a release and um, I can't Delirium are, are very similar in like taste of skill. They just look different. I mean, they do kind of the same thing. So I'm just kind of worried that like the tank role is becoming a bit too homogenized. Like they're kind of very samey. But other than that, like the balance is very good. Like they they do about the same amount of damage top to bottom. Um, I mean, their Dark Knight kind of feels a little bit out of place, but it's not like bad or even really worse than any of the other tanks. So. So I gotta I say, they're really well balanced. I main a tank in World of Warcraft, right? Uh, yeah. A heroic rating level tank. Um, so not just you know some slub, you know, schlub just walking around. And um, I've tried since 2.0 getting into tanking in Final Fantasy. Dark Knight bored the shit out of me. Bored the yeah. shit out of me. Uh, even though, and the only reason I was initially doing it, by the way, was to get mentor status when the cap was 70, right? And um, even with the jump in levels that you get when you start a Dark Knight, right? Because you don't start from one. Uh, six levels in, I was like, nope. I'd rather level something else from level one. <laughs> And, and none of my tanks were one. I think they were like 15 to 25 at the time. But I was like, no, I no. I got to like 56, 57 or whatever it was. And was like, no, I can't do this. I, I can't. I will slam my head off my desk. Uh, and I've That's had a lot of did that. I've, I've had a lot of fun <laughs> with was Warrior with pa and with Paladin. Mm -hmm. And Gunbreaker, I think, is amusing, too. But here's the thing. I would take it like you said, they feel kind of samey, Kronos. I feel mm -hmm. like they all feel identical. Like I would go even further and say that tanking for me in Final Fantasy fourteen as a whole is boring. Uh, because I feel like the tank class is really, besides an ability here or there, which is very Paladin-esque or Warrior-esque, uh, they they just don't interest me. They're I can't get into it, and I don't mind doing it. I like doing it, and wow, I just can't in here. They just they feel boring. They all feel like they're doing the same thing. There's just different colored animations going off, and maybe that's just me. You seem to not take it as far, Kronos, but you feel kind of the same way. Maybe just not as strongly as I do on it. Tark, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I feel like I'm right in between you two. Um, I feel the balance is, is pretty good. I feel uh, it's very, the, very good because they all freaking yeah. feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> How could it be uh, bad? <laughs> so as far as they're, they're tanking, any tank can tank, you know, and do the tank things. Um, you know, you can get into nuances of their uh, home game type uh, ability where Dark Knight just sucks balls and uh, Paladin is the best and will always be the best because it's just plain immunity. Um, but as far as getting down to the, into the gritty of like the DPS, I, I agree with you, Mike. Um, Dark Knight is just the most boring thing. Uh, I just can't stand playing it. Uh, I feel a little bit play, better playing Warrior or Gunbreaker and Paladin is just kind of the, the old standby. So um, I think they need some love in the you know aesthetics and, and differentiating what each can do. But they're pretty balanced, yeah. Yeah. So here's the the thing for me though. The thing that's again, 
I might be in the minority here, and there are people that think tanking is the most extraordinary, fun thing to do. That's cool. God bless you. Have fun. Um, this, this, my opinion doesn't need to match yours. We can still love both love the game. That's fine. Uh, for me, I don't think there's anything they can do in Endwalker besides very big sweeping class identity type changes stuff, and they're not going to do that. They just aren't. One, they don't have the time. And two, they're getting two new classes in the game. Those are going to be the priority. And then the balancing of DPS classes and healers that comes with the addition of a new healer and a new DPS. Tanks are going to get new abilities. They might lose a couple abilities here and there. Maybe that could add a little unique flavor to each of the tanks. So I don't feel quite as strongly that all four of them are just boring for me. But... Uh, I don't, or three, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I, uh, I don't expect it to get much better in Endwalker on the tanking front for me personally, Kronos. No, I think you're probably right, honestly. Like, if I had to, like, bet money on it, I, I don't think they're really going to put much time. I think, like, you know, it's obvious a lot of us agree that, like, Dark Knight's not really kind of up to snuff. It, I think it almost kind of needs a rework. Like, I played Dark Knight back in Heavensward, and that's when it felt the best. Yeah, uh, and then it just felt like they kind of slowly started took it, taking stuff away, and like kind of dumbing down tanks in general. Uh, I mean, to the point where we don't have aggro anymore. Really, it's kind of a joke, and every tank basically has one combo, and then kind of like a second combo they don't use all the time, um, except for Dark Knight, who just has one combo. <laughs> Well, uh, but it's... this is so Sojir in chat makes a a point that I think is actually a little bigger than Sojir is making it. Uh, saying that Square Enix made, made yeah. tanking yeah. boring because bosses always jump to the middle, so the boss positioning isn't a big deal. I think it's actually a little bigger than just the bosses always jumping to the middle for something going on. Uh, I think it's the dungeon and raid des and encounters designs themselves uh, as a whole, not just the boss jumping to the middle, but positioning 90% of the time does not matter does not matter tank swaps in this game are literally if they're even relevant which they usually are in the you know the savages and, and the the you know uh, ultimates and stuff but prior to that most of the time they they aren't but they're really only to what avoid a debuff let a debuff cool off yep. pretty much yeah. i mean that's that's yeah. it where, again, you know, playing WoW in the most recent raid in Castle Nathria, there are many different reasons in 10 boss fights why we might be tank swapping. Some of them are debuff related. Some of them are take a couple of stacks and then give the boss to Tarkov. Uh, but some of them are, are for totally other reasons as well. It's, I think, just the encounter design, not just jumping to the middle. The encounter design doesn't facilitate needing a tank in the way that most MMOs utilize a tank class, Kronos. Yeah, it's it's not really... Yeah, I agree. It's not really designed super well for for having two tanks a lot of the time. Um, a lot of times, like, you'll have fights where, even in Savage, where you just... If, if you can get a Void tank swap and you just don't do it and the other tank just smacks the boss. Um, that, that, that does happen. Uh, I do agree with what he's saying in chat, though. Um, I do think this tier kind of babied people a little bit because in the last tier, you know, you'd had like Ramu, he'd move like all over the place, and that was mm -hmm. cool if your tank couldn't keep him in the middle. Uh, you had Ifra Garuda, which actually sometimes required two tanks doing something at the same time, even though like that kind of fight had some poor design choices. 
Uh, you had the even even in E7 when you had the ad phase, like your takes had to like pull them apart, make sure. And then in this in, in this tier specifically, it's like every time Cloud of Darkness does something, she jumps back to the middle. Every time uh, the dog does something, he jumps back to the middle. Every time uh, Thankrid, Ranjit, whatever he's Fate Breaker, he jumps back to the middle. Even like the door boss jumps back to the middle. Uh, the only exception I think is Oracle. Uh, you can kind of pull her in different ways, but even that doesn't, like you said, it doesn't even really matter that much. You can kind of almost pull her where you want. Um, yeah, they need to like kind of think about those design choices because like now that aggro is not even a thing, they needs to be like more interesting things that tanks are doing during the fight because otherwise they're just hitting one, two, three a lot of times. Yep. Because uh, you know their rotations may, meant to be that way. So. Uh, last question on this one. Do you think it's best balanced for four-person, eight-person, or 24-person content? Overall, healers, tanks, DPS, as far as the entire game, do you think it's balanced best for four, eight, or 24, Chuck? I think they revolve around the eight-man um, and, and try to make sure everything's balanced for you know normal savage rating um, and to a lesser degree ultimates You know when it's in the game and they don't cut it. Um and then four mans are pretty much easy peasy. You know, you don't really have enraged checks. You can take as long as you want. Uh, 24 man, there's just so many people that it's, I mean, you can have one whole group that's dead and you still get it done. So, well, I think uh, even the, the 24 man, man is tuned for a person because typically yeah. all those fights sure. are, are <laughs> one big boss that is multiplied by three uh, yeah. or literally three different parties doing their own thing in some formation around the room with mini bosses. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I would agree. And four man, unfortunately I still continue. I love dungeons, but it's the biggest opportunity for improvement yeah. in final fantasy 14. Uh, the four man content is a joke uh, as far as it difficulty is. or challenge. So I, see I, I would assume Kronos that you're also in oh. the eight person department here. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously what they balance around. White Mage has been busted in dungeons for as long as I can remember. No one cares. He does holy. Yep. Holy like 50 times. <laughs> and no it's a one tank cooldown. It is. It's yeah. a tank cooldown. I, I like It's been busted and no one cares. All right, gang, let us know what you think in the comments below about balancing of classes in Final Fantasy XIV. Of course, this is a topic we could probably spend an entire another hour on getting into the minutia of each individual classes and, uh, the classes and their abilities. We'll save that for another time. There's plenty of dead time between now and Endwalker. So we can, hell, we could do a show about every class if you want to. At some point, I'm sure we'll have a few weeks to do that. So let's head over and do all the other Square Enix news. There was a little thing happened today. I don't know if, if you guys knew about this. Little company Square Enix was doing like a YouTube's presentation or one of those streaming things. Uh, That's a thing? Yeah, apparently it is a thing. So uh, I figure we'll go through... Uh, whoa, oh, oh, sorry, played the audio. Did not mean to play the audio. Um, We'll go through what each of the announcements were here. We may not spend a ton of time on some of them. Uh, yeah, looking at you, mobile. But let's start with uh, Outriders, game that we're all very much looking forward to. Comes out in about two weeks now, April 1st. Outriders got some love, kicked off the presentation, got a new trailer, got the This Is uh, Outrageous trailer, or This Is Outriders trailer. 
the Appreciate Power uh, trailer as well. And we also have an interview with Gaming Bolt um, where the team at People Can Fly talked a little more about monetization for the game than they have. Because we we know following that this, this game that it is not a live service. Think Borderlands all in the box, not mm-hmm. Anthem or Destiny 2. But it came to light this week in conversations with people that some some of my friends that cover gaming for a living, you know, Jason Winter, Zach Sharps over on MMOBomb.com, they follow all things gaming-related. They were under the impression still that this was a live service in the vein of Anthem or Destiny 2. And people can fly, I've been saying it's not for ages now. But I yeah. feel like they really didn't get the word out there well enough if people like Jason and Zach didn't know that it wasn't a live service. So in this interview, they talk about that a little bit. But more importantly, they talk about their approach to future monetization, trans- microtransactions, things like that. Uh, and from the team, we get this quote. We decided to go the old school approach where we are just finishing the game and giving it to players, not thinking about microtransactions, game passes, and things like that. At some point, it was easier for us to think about the game this way, just delivering the whole product. We believe players will like that proposal that they're just buying something. You know, like it always used to be. (laughs) Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. Of course, it doesn't close for us the option in the future to just add a battle pass or some similar content, but not like microtransactions. It would be more like the bigger components that can help those players who want to get deeper into our world play in that world. But until then, we will have what we created, and that is enough. Do we want to build on our world and mechanics? Sure, but not in the form of microtransactions. So... At some point, expect a battle pass, something like that. Maybe. But no microtransactions, even to go along with the it's not a live service uh, game, Tark. I mean, I really hope the game just doesn't end up sucking or becoming boring after six hours because People Can Fly has literally done everything right in my book as far as building, marketing, and looking at the future of a game. So I hope the game is good. (laughs) That's going to be it. Is the game good? If it's good, it's going to do awesome. Um, they're saying all the right things. People are sick and tired of microtransaction being nickel and dime for a cosmetic suit and whatnot. And uh, where Avengers did it wrong, I'm hoping this game knocks it out of the park. Millions of demo players. Millions yes. of demo players. Uh, so it got a little bit of love. No, no real new information in the the square enix presentation but the trailers are are always always good uh next up they kind of went from that into uh some tomb raider the definitive survivor trilogy coming out no real news on the the tomb raider front besides that they they tease the statue that they're still finishing coloring on they tease the animated partnership with netflix uh and yeah i mean that was about it kind of Still kind of disappointed, Kronos, that we're not getting more yet for uh, Lara being that this is the 25th anniversary year. I'm still waiting for, for that 
announcement that I, I as we go on more and more, I think we're not going to get. Yeah, no, they would have already announced it by now. I feel I, I have the same feeling as you. Like I, I just feel like if there was really something that big, it would already be coming out. So I, I don't know if we're going to get much more than this. I don't have a link or anything, but I know um, they have specifically said that they're going to release stuff over the course of the whole year. Yeah, yeah, we so talked we about that a couple. We'll probably get the yeah, we talked the about that down a couple of shows ago. Yeah, we'll get some top-down releases. I think towards the end of the year, we'll we'll get an announcement about a new game. We'll see. Then we had uh, the mobile extravaganza. Uh, I didn't see anything I liked here. I, I don't care. Uh, Just Cause Mobile, if you're into it. Hitman, Sniper, Assassins. And there were some like no odds problem. and ends. Like they're, yes. They have a Space Invaders project coming up where they, they're partnered there from Square Enix Montreal. Uh, that was weird. Yeah, that was kind of weird. We're getting a new Bubble Bobble. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, technically, you could play it on the Switch now, but it's coming to Steam. I, as soon as I heard the music, I like grinned. I I spent yeah. so many hours on the original Bubble NES Bubble Bobble. Bobble. Um, Darius Cosmic Revelation, another Darius shooter game. Uh, so some of the like more classic stuff, right? And I, I thought that was nice, and and I thought they did. I don't think it's like they're clutching at straws, Ninja. I think they they just kind of viewed these as little side project, mobile or portable gaming quickies. You know what? We haven't made we own this license. We haven't made anything with it for years. Let's make a new bubble bobble real quick. I thought it looked cool too. Like yeah. it, it was very reminiscent, Kronos, of the original while looking modern. I thought. Yeah, it looks cool. It might be something. I, I didn't play the Switch one, so. I might grab it on Steam. I like having things on PC now. So, and I, I played that. I played the uh, Super Nintendo version a lot. Oh, too, oh yeah, so. played the hell out of that game. Sorry, stuck in my head. Stuck in my <laughs> head. Uh oh yeah. And then we got the big announcement, gentlemen. The biggie. You want to talk about clutching at straws, Ninja? Here it is. Marvel's Avengers, who had a chance to make a big splash and get you some info, plugged their Hawkeye update that came out today. Their next-gen launch, which came out today. And a roadmap that said, we're going to do stuff this year. Still. Reports are saying Spider-Man. Don't expect Spider-Man if you're a PlayStation player until summer at, at at the earliest, mid to late summer. And then they teased, I guess this was like their, their big thing, right? They teased Black Panther coming sometime this year. As an expansion. As an expansion. So everything Avengers had to offer in this presentation, we already knew except you could say we didn't know Black Panther. We just assumed Black Panther from leaked slash data mined information. So we all knew Black Panther. Uh, and by the way, they are not considering free to play for this game at all. <laughs> at all. 100%. That might be true for now. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yep. 
I can't remember where this was. I know Jason linked it, and I wanted to credit who wrote it, but I don't remember who wrote it. Um, but there was an interview where they said, nope, our model is our model. And I thought, that's all well and good for Crystal Dynamics to say that, but they're not the ones that get to make that call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been there before. They're not the ones that get to make that call. That's going to be a Square Enix call, not a Crystal Dynamics call. So honestly, I, I I feel bad for it, right? Like this was a chance for if they were working on this, they got they keep talking about all this content and th this mission, this mission that takes a lot of time after you do the main storyline. Not many people are doing. Um, and if they would, they would learn about the vault and this and this and this. And we're adding gear and we're adding adding a level cap and we're doing this and. But every time I see like the new content they're adding, Tark, it's it's just variations of the same damn thing with the same damn enemies. Like, oh, the cloning lab, great. Sure, let me fight the crocodile 94 more times. It's it just, I don't know. I feel bad beating up on it because there are people doing a lot of work on this game and I recognize there are human beings behind this. And I have compassion mm -hmm. for human beings. But God, you can't keep dropping roadmaps that say 2021 or that you're adding a new tachyon mission. I don't, there's, is it a small variation of the four I already have? Well, then what the hell do I care? Yeah. I feel like they're giving us a roadmap, but they don't have a roadmap themselves of how they want this game to actually be. I just, I don't see a reason to even play it. And with it being a live service, don't you need a plan? Doesn't your, doesn't a live service need a plan? Isn't that how that works? I just think, hey man, they made three, they made three Star Wars movies without a plan. So, you know, that's true. And look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so this should give you a little bit of an idea. Today is the Hawkeye patch release one of the mo more anticipated items that we knew about in Avengers from release. The Steam version of the game just barely peaked over 2,000 players Ugh. within the last 24 hours. It's, it's the release day of the new character patch. Steam barely peaked over 2,000 players so far. It's on the downswing right now. It's at like 1,800. It's still no crossplay. Still no crossplay. Oh, yeah, Prism. Thank you. And it's even grindier than before. Yes, that's right. Really? Yes, it is. So we didn't have a show last week because uh, Tark had to uh, help out a, a co-worker, and then Adam and I were like, there is like no news. If we're going to do... If we wanted to talk about classes, we wanted Tark to be here. We didn't want a two-man that type of show. So we, we didn't do a show last week. So we talked a little bit about it on Gaming Gumbo. Yeah, they increased. So it used to be like the amount of experience you needed to get from one to two was the same as what you needed to get from 49 to 50, which yeah. why they designed it that way, I have no idea. That's dumb. But that's what they did. And so they changed it now so that the experience after level 25 and up starts taking longer and longer to get from 25 to 50 uh, mm. once you hit that. Their primary rationale for this, Kronos, was new players are... F <laughs> what fucking new players? <laughs> new players uh, are feeling overwhelmed 
by the number of like skill points they're getting and we want the decisions to be more impactful and then have time to mess with it because they were going out on one mission coming back having gained like two or three levels and having multiple skill points to put in it to which i made the point on gaming gumbo you all if you've played the campaign you are uh done with the primary campaign at like level 15 16 17 ish right in that window so this grind has nothing to do with people that are new players going through the main campaign because the grind hasn't been changed for the first 25 levels. It's been changed for the last 25. So wait Sounds a minute. like you're just artificially increasing playtime. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. That's it. That's all it is. Ding. I don't know. I mean, Godspeed to them. I, I'm not even a huge Avengers fan, and I wanted this game to do well. And I did enjoy it when I got through the campaign, but by the time I got to the end and I was done with the campaign, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to punch more of the same robots. Uh, Balan Wonderworld, you two don't care about, so we can skip that, although I thought the trailer no, was like phenomenal. Uh, I like the demo. I thought it was cool that they showed more of the dance scenes, like the ones that happen after bosses, Tark. We liked that yeah. in the demo. That was cute. When your, your character and the farmer are dancing. Uh, yeah, Life is Strange getting a new title, True Colors, and a remaster of the first two. I've got a you know full disclosure moment for you guys. I have never played a Life is Strange title. Me neither. So, right there with you. Third on that, um, but I'm looking forward to the Ultimate Edition. I'll get all of them together and I'll give it a try. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, you know what? I own the first one. I th think it's either for PS3 or PS4. I don't. I don't remember which. But uh, I think it was uh, Torchwick that, that wanted it, so we, we bought it, but, and I've never played it. I don't have anything against them. I've just never played them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get the, the remaster. I was like, okay, well, if you're going to remaster the first two and you know, do this third one, I'm in. I'm in. And then there was the big reveal, gents. Yeah, buddy. We got another look at Project Athia. Remember, this is supposed to release in January of 2022. So we're not all that removed from this. We got wow. the main character, but not a lot more. <laughs> we know who's playing the main character, but that's it as well. But we also did get a name. There's Ella playing uh, the lead character. We also did get a name. Surprise, surprise. Project Athia will now bear the official name Forspoken. Forspoken. I'm going to need you to roll the tapes back because I'm pretty sure at some point during an episode of one of this, one of these casts, I said that that's possible that there was the name of this. Yeah. Because we were talking, I think it was before yep. we were trying to talk about yeah. uh, if Forspoken was the, the expansion to 14. And I was like, it just doesn't sound like it. I feel like it might be the name of this. But then as we got closer, I was kind of almost convincing myself that Forspoken was the 14, because they always yeah. leak it, and they didn't somehow. Yep, um, somehow they so. hung on to it. Uh, I think I was of the, the, the Forspoken was definitely going to be the 14 expansion, but if for some reason it wasn't, Kronos, you were probably right, and it was going to be yeah. Athia. Now we know that the world in the game is called Athia. The game is called Forspoken. We don't have a lot more, but we do see, is that a motherfucking dragon? Uh which I think is probably one of the greatest tease lines a video game character has ever spoken. 
to immediately have me interested in the uh, in the world and what's going on, Tark. I actually loved this video, yeah. even though there was almost no meat to the to the content. Oh, there's no meat. It was just. <laughs> Is this a is that motherfucking? Yes, that was that was amazing. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I love the the little little bit of gameplay, the little parkour yep. speeding along. That was nice. A couple like, like magic spellish things going on here. That's yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah, but there's there, there's not much there. Um, so hopefully, maybe this summer we'll we'll get a big chunk of info. Well, again, supposed to be released in January. So we got to start getting information for it soon, Kronos. Hell, most Square Enix titles, we would have a price already. <laughs> True. <laughs> all in all, I thought uh, it was, was a good presents, though. I'm glad they did it. I don't feel the way that I did after the state of play. Oh, um, yeah, that was... Cool. We covered that on Gaming Gumbo and some pieces of it here. Uh, this, I thought, you know what? There was enough there, and the stuff that wasn't really big, they kept very short. You know, they, they kept the mobile stuff short. They kept the Taito sponsorship or partnership stuff short. And they got bang, 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 bang. Avengers took up way too much time, in my estimation, for the nothing they really offered besides here's a look at a tease at Black Panther and here's what you're getting in today's patch. Uh, oh, and a picture of a roadmap that doesn't have dates on it because they got burnt by that once before. I feel really desperate. Then there's the other side of the Square Enix business that's still doing the mobile stuff. We did get more news about the uh, Final Fantasy VII First Soldier Battle Royale and Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis mobile games. Let's start with the Battle Royale again. Uh, this is coming from Game Informer. It is, um, yeah, a Battle Royale. And I get what what the thought process might be here, right? Uh, Nomura was interviewed by Famitsu, translated, so forgive, you know, wonky wording here and there. The first soldier isn't limited to Final Fantasy VII, but the long-lasting IP fan base has been fixed, and on the contrary, to be able to appeal to other fan bases has become an issue for us. I have a strong feeling that I can't get rid of the big sign, Final Fantasy VII, and I'm developing Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier with the spirit of participating in the hottest genre as a full challenger. All right, so a few things. Battle Royale was the hottest genre about two and a half years ago. Um, we're a little late to the hottest genre party here. It's still very big. I will not dispute that, but it's not the hottest at the moment, I don't think. Second off, there is nothing that even in watching the video that they showed on Game Informer, Kronos, there is nothing that feels less Final Fantasy to me than lining up a headshot. You didn't like when Sephiroth lined up his headshot on Earth? You didn't, you didn't appreciate that? <laughs> that wasn't a headshot. Totally missed. Yeah, he, he missed, dude. Yeah, he, come on, man. Lag. Lag. They want you to know that this is not just a mobile grab. They want this to be enjoyable, visually stunning mobile experience that goes beyond what we know about this beloved franchise. Then why is it on mobile? It's a mobile grab. Good call. Ever Crisis, the single player experience meant to cover you know, the final the entire Final Fantasy timeline will have its own episodes and additional side stories and 
They said that the main the main storyline will be summarized in about ten chapters. You'll escape from Midgar. Ha- will happen at about chapter three. There will also be original episodes after that. Those episodes will all be free, so not following the model of the Final Fantasy 15 mobile game like we speculated. The episodes themselves will be free because they put in something else for you, Kronos, that they know you love. Gotcha mechanics. Gotcha. Not gotcha. Not 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 like got ya. G-A-C-H-A. Not got ya. But yeah. Gotcha. Random microtransactions in-game for your single-player mobile RPG in the vein of weapons and equipment. I knew they were going to do it. At least it's not characters. At least it's not characters, I guess. So it's more like yeah. Opera Omnia. Yeah, it just, I, it just puts a sour taste in my mouth. I, I don't know. It's like they can't just make a thing. They have to like make a thing and then put a bunch of crap in it. I, I, I don't get it, but whatever. It's not for me, I guess. Fine. I don't know who it's for. Like, I've come across so many people online that have just shared the opinions we expressed, which was, I feel like a beloved franchise is now just being wrung out like a sponge yeah. right now. Um, a beloved, beloved, you know, game. Uh, mm. Speaking of Final Fantasy VII, no further DLC is planned. The focus now has shifted fully to part two. So... That's cool. <laughs> PS5 exclusive still though, so that's yeah. pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. And, and no uh, announcement yet on PC yet. So, nope. I no. think they have to wait. Like, when does it expire? I feel like it's in a couple of weeks. Uh, right? April tenth. April tenth. April tenth. So it maybe. Maybe I'll no hope. No hope. Maybe if they not, that's my birthday, so that would be sick. But uh, maybe I, I, I'm not gonna hold my breath though at this point last piece and this really isn't square enix but i felt like you know final fantasy 14 let's mention it for the thousands upon thousands of viewers we get right uh playism and developer no cross revealed tasumaki behind the twilight coming out for pc via steam in uh spring of 2021 it's a 3d platformer in like a far east uh, art the reason i bring it up is because they do background artists work for Final Fantasy 14. So we'll plug their game to the hundreds and millions of people that watch the Relic Grind. Gentlemen, let's slide over to Love It or Leave It and call it a day. All right. We talked about this a little in the pre-show um, about gearing, and, and then we were talking about... Uh, glamoring and things like that. Uh, so I thought I'd ask about the actual gearing process. We went through the classes today, but the gearing process in Final Fantasy XIV has basically been the same process since 2.0, right? Grab yep. your tombstones, get some gear, take that gear into raids, get the raid gear, go do your relic grind. Rinse and repeat ad nauseum how you guys feel this many years now after 2.0 when you look at the way you gear in final fantasy 14 right now versus how maybe other mmos do it because admittedly 
this process is a very old school MMO gearing process. Gather currency, get tier sets, right? WoW yeah. hasn't done tier sets like that in years and years and years. Other games have evolved in different directions. So, do you love this gearing system or do you want to leave it? Kronos, we'll start with you. This is tough for me, honestly, uh, because there are things I like about it. Um, so I, I, from what I, I don't play a lot of other MMOs. That's that's one thing I'll throw out there now. Um, from from what I understand, a lot of the other MMOs, like you roll on like gear, like your gear can get different stats, and I kind of hate that. I like the Final Fantasy; it's very consistent. You have two or two or three things typically to choose from from your best in slot list, and you kind of put it together, and you have a consistent best in slot. But I'm gonna say leave it only because it's just been beaten to death a little bit. Um, I'd like to see them change the game up a little bit to the point where we have a maybe some kind of more decision making, but it, it just can't be bad. Like I don't want it to be the point where like you're giving your the player a chance to make a bad decision. I'd like to be able to just make more decisions that maybe alter a little bit of what I'm doing when it comes to gear. And with the current system, I don't think you can do that. So I'm gonna go with leave it for well, that I think, reason. I think there. Square Enix's argument against you might be, well, that's what Materia is for. If you want that little bit of player agency in a certain stat, that's what... Now, again, the counter-argument would be there is clearly a best stat for what my class needs for the difficulty of the raids you have made. So I don't yep. have that agency, but that's what Square Enix would say. Well, you can change up the Materia if you want a little customization. What about you, Tark? Love it or leave it? So we've been dealing with the same system for, what, eight years now? So there's a, a sense of comfort. When I knew teardrops, I know what I need to do. Tombs, do the normal modes, get my great eight pieces. Like Chrono said, find your best in slot and go after it. Right. But I'm going to leave it with Kronos. Um, there's just not enough variations to be your own character um it's very you know you got one or two options and one is clearly going to be better than the other um for healers it's uh, this has piety <laughs> no i'm not taking it um so and there's really only one reason to get like best in slot in a particular raid tier and that's either you're going to go into an expansion so you want to uh, jump ahead or you're preparing for an ultimate so it's yeah i'm just i'm gonna leave it i'm gonna leave it too i think it's a little outdated i hate the idea of like every time we get a patch we have to recycle uh just so that they can keep these currencies out of the game um and and replace them for new ones uh yeah i'm not a fan of it i do like a guaranteed piece like having a tier set available so that if my piece didn't drop from a dungeon or whatever i am eventually going to get it i know i'm going to get it but i think there should be i would be happy if there were just alternate ways right like the expert had a chance to drop each of the tier pieces um in addition to you buying them with tombstones that way you know i don't feel like oh shit well i just got to run nine and then i can buy this or run four and then i can buy this or, or whatever uh i might get it on one cool all right. Uh, if that could be modified a little bit. So I'm going to leave it as well. Chat, make sure you hang tight after the show. Channel will go dead for about 30 seconds or so, as always. And then we're going to be coming online 
with Ms. Faye Death. What's up? What up? Well, you got your mustache, so I'm assuming it's an Outer Worlds night. It is. It is. We may take a break next week just to change it up a little bit, but... Well, you took a break with some Overwatch, so yeah, I mean... We did. We did. We got a little break, Mm -hmm, so... Get yourself another little one. Exactly. Doing the pew-pews in Outer Worlds. She'll be coming up next... And, of course, we'll be back next Thursday. Until then, Kronos, uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, yeah, same as always. Uh, Twitter below. Um, probably going to be talking, like, complaining about the Snyder Cut. I watched that before this, so if you want to see that, I'll probably be on Twitter <laughs> right after this. Tarkov. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitch and Twitter at Tarkov Gaming and Saturday, Sunday nights here on Ready Check Radio. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there on Twitter, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio so we can tweet at you all the shows and all the streamers who are lovely enough to volunteer their time streaming on this channel. It's much appreciated by me and everybody behind the scenes, and we hope you'll appreciate it too. Stay safe, and we'll see you on the servers.